here we go. Haley Langland is such a badass. If you're unfamiliar, she won the X Games at age 16. She's an Olympian, but more importantly, she's cool as hell. And she's a super interesting person. So we got inside her thought process during these big events, her contest practice strategy, much more. Quick side note before we get into it, hot off the press, we have limited t-shirts designed by Hannah Eddy, available at bombhole.com, along with bombhole hoodies, hats, stickers, and signed prints from Young Hales. Now, thank you guys for all your support, sharing on Instagram, everything you guys do every week, you guys rule. Now let's get into it. Haley Langland. You are listening to the Bombhole. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. The Bombhole. going to slide down them big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go. Another week, another Bombhole. Stony Buds, how are we doing, my friend? Doing good today, dog. Love, I love hearing that you're doing good. Feeling doing good. well would doing actually well. be the proper English. Yeah, that would be proper. Well, today we have Haley Langland in the booth. What's going on, Haley? Not much. Just hanging out with my two bros. <laughs> hanging out with the broskies. Well, I kind of want to get right into it. Uh, basically, I know that you're from SoCal, and uh, I know your pops had a big role in your snowboarding. Like, kind of, How did your dad help you forge your path in snowboarding? He got me started when I was really young. I was five. Um, I started Big Bear Mountain, California, just kind of like the local SoCal zone to go to. And uh, we used to drive up every single weekend. And, um, yeah, he just took me up there. I'm pretty sure I hated it at first. You know, no five-year-old wants to be in the snow when it's freezing. But, I mean, I just saw how much he loved snowboarding. And I just, growing up, I wanted to do whatever my dad did. So, like... I grew up BMXing, I grew up like dirt biking, playing basketball, like a bunch of dude sports kind of, and so snowboarding really stuck with me, and I just wanted to do it because he loved it so much. And it sounds like he kind of schooled you on some knowledge at a young age. We were talking (laughs) videos, and what was the first video that he schooled you on? The first video he ever showed me was The Hard Hungry and the Homeless, which is, I mean, I've never seen a snowboard movie older than that. I don't even know if there are any that are older than that. But <laughs> there, like, there are some. Are there? Yeah. There, there definitely are some, but that one yeah. was like the one. That's the one that got me stoked to spend my life and focused on snowboarding. Totally, Chris, yeah. you ever seen that one, bud? I've actually, I'm unfamiliar. My cloud, wow. <laughs> my cloud is tanking right now. That's street credibility. Dude, I haven't seen it. Let's. We need to get you on that because yeah. it really is the movie that, that got kind of jibbing going really totally yeah i mean like russell winfield's in it and um you know like dale and roan and dale yeah and brushy's in it too which it's is just sick. insane yeah my, noah selaznick was in it and he was like my dad's favorite snowboarder do you know how much your street cred is going up with the old heads right yeah, now the <laughs> your stock, that you know what that is. there is like your stock is just going through the roof <laughs> with the old heads just well yeah. thank you dad for that one <laughs> But yeah, so funny. Chris's is going down. Money's and going, down. going up. People are selling their stocks. NASDAQ oh. is going crazy right now. Everybody's selling. That's dope. And your dad, you told us he met Noah Selaznick too, huh? That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty funny story. Like my dad going up to Mount Hood with all those dudes up there and like shredding with his homies. And 
one of the days it was just pissing rain on the mountains. So they all went to city skates in Portland, which is like an indoor skate park. And um, he said that there was like a 13, 12 foot vert ramp and they're all standing on top of it. And Noah Selaznick and Steve Graham are up there. And my dad's like kind of scared to drop in. And I guess those dudes were just kind of like, you guys have got to go for it. My dad knew those dudes because a lot of them lived in Tahoe and that's where my dad lived at the time. And so he was like, there's no way I'm showing face without doing this in front of these dudes. So he, he drops in like foot comes off the front end of the board and like eats shit on the flat bottom. And like, he just like looks over, there's like a picnic table to the right and Jana Mayan sitting there. And he was like, when I looked at her, I literally thought my soul left my body. (laughs) 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 Like it's one of the funniest stories and like getting bodied in front of your heroes yeah just. i'm sure they respected <laughs> it though more than if he didn't do it so i i think so yeah, yeah. my dad i mean he wasn't like embarrassed or anything yeah. my dad was just like i can't believe i just did that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah now you mentioned something off camera earlier that your parents kind of put up everything for you to be able to snowboard and pursue this do you want to explain that because i have no idea about that yeah so i got started at uh, a really young age and I mean, snowboarding was on its way up, like, Sean White was a thing, and, like, people knew that you could make money, and, but my parents didn't see it that way, I just, like, loved snowboarding so much, and I was learning really quickly as I got older, and so, um, my parents, my mom actually quit her job, and they rented a house in Big Bear, so I could just snowboard all year long, and, uh, my dad stayed back in Southern California down the hill and worked while I just, like, got to play all day, and, um, went into homeschooling, so that was really nice. I, like, pretty much had the whole day to just fuck around and snowboard. Were you already showing talent, and that's why they were kind of doing this, or? I don't think so, and, I mean, not really. Like, it wasn't yeah. that, I wasn't that good. I just, like, I liked it, and my dad was just stoked, because him growing up, he didn't have his parents' support, mm. and so my dad was like, out like, even if this isn't anything, like, I just want to make sure she has the best time. He knows you know? what it could Let, be. Let's give your dad totally. a yeah. yeah. Shouts that. to dad. Maybe a gun for <laughs> too. That's really cool. Shouts to those supportive parents. Yeah, yeah. I'm really lucky. And, like, I, I don't know, just hearing everyone else's story, it sounds like everyone growing up had the most supportive parents, so it's really cool. And I'm really stoked and thankful. Well, and then it's kind of funny thinking about your natural progression in your career because it's like you really you won the X Games at age 16. So it's not like there's this long, like there's there, there basically you like you want to paint that picture of coming from USASA and yeah, well, I feel like my start into a pro career was just expedited. I pretty much grew up doing USASA contests and like rev tours until I was thirteen, and then as soon as I turned fourteen, um, I won one of the Grand Prix, which is an which is a qualifier for the Olympics and. When I won it, it was actually a few months after the Sochi Olympics had just happened. So, like, I had beaten some girls that just went to the Olympics. And I had no idea because, like, I didn't really watch the Olympics. Like, I had no idea. I would just, like, watch snowboarding because it was fun. And I competed because it was fun. And then that year, I got invited to go to Dutour. Um, and I don't know. It was, it was crazy. My dad kind of said in front of me, he's like, you cannot go to USASA as a 15 year old so like if you want this to be for fun let it be for fun but if not like you need to kind of go ham and so at that due tour um 
I freaking laid it all out. Like I'd never competed in a pro event before. And like I got third that year, I think. And I mean, from there on, I went straight to X Games. Like a week after Dutour, I got an invite to X Games and I got an invite to like the X Games in Norway. And like, it was just event after event after event. And all televised too, which was super new to me. Uh, that's a major, major jump up. And and the major takeaway from the your slope style run that I remember is the first girl to do a cab 10 double, right? Yeah. You want to talk about that? Or <laughs> you told me on the chairlift when we were riding mountain bikes. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so this was my second X Games. And this is when they introduced Big Air back into Aspen. Um. I'd never done a big air before and I got the invite to be in the event and I was stoked, but you know, this is, this is a time where girls that I competed against were starting to do bigger tricks like doubles and, you know, things over nines. And I was, I was kind of held back. I, I knew I didn't really have anything to compete with. So, I mean, I lazily got up to practice and, um, like, as soon as I got up to the top, though, and I saw all those girls, like, hammering tricks out, I was like, fuck that. I'm not, like, I'm not going to be that person to, like, waste a spot. I'm going to go, and I'm going to try. And so I tr- pretty much tried to learn cab nines on the spot. Like, I had cab sevens pretty good. Um, tried to, like, add one more rotation. And one of the times I went to try it, I went faster, and I, like, slid off the lip really funny. And I ended up just doing a cab ten double perfectly, like, landing straight to my toes and riding away and I'm just like what the fuck just happened yeah (laughs) so I mean from then on I was like all right fuck it I'm gonna do that trick in the contest and like I didn't have any other tricks so I did my warm-up trick which is the front three and then from then on like I think it took me three tries to get that again um and it was a pretty gnarly contest for sure because everyone after that was like okay we're all trying cap tens then like Anna tried it after I did it and like it was just a gnarly showdown for sure just push the envelope for everybody yeah pretty much it and it, it was really sick to be on the forefront of that because I mean like I'm I wouldn't say I'm like super secure but I know I'm a good snowboarder but to just like whip it out I was kind of like I surprised myself for sure. Yeah, that'll give you some confidence. Yeah, yeah. Get you going. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> like fired me up. Yeah. And the thing that's pretty cool too is I was asking you like, you know, a lot of people they practice their run like a routine, right? And you were kind of I was picking your brain on that, and you were saying that basically you maybe you do a few cab sevens, and then you're like, okay, like you might not do a cab cab ten in practice, right? You're just gonna do cab sevens to get the feel. Is that correct? Yeah, totally. Like I. I just think that, you know, if you overpractice something, you might run out of your, I don't know, whatever it is, like good, good juice or good vibe or whatever it is. Like, I feel like I know the trick pretty well. And I have learned over the years that your muscles have memory. So, you know, once you do something once, they'll remember it. And I mean, also, it's like, why would you want to whip out your trick like at the beginning if everything's kind of calm? And so I, I love the pressure. So when girls are, like, throwing down, I'm like, all right, cap 10 time. You know what I just realized? You are the Allen Iverson of snowboarding. I don't know <laughs> if you're familiar with Allen Iverson. No. He's a basketball player, uh, very famous, and he has a very famous uh, quote where he talks about, basically, he skipped a practice. And, he's he, um, and uh, you know, after talking to you yesterday, I actually found the soundbite 
of Allen Iverson from this quote <laughs> because uh, talking about missing practice, I'm just going to play that real quick. Talk about practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. So he, I mean, he, says, he says, I'm sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, we're talking about practice, but it's super viral, yeah. and he was known for not practicing, but like doing really well in games. So I think we should try to get it to stick. I think we should try to make Haley the Allen Iverson of snowboarding. I'll take that. He sounds like a freaking G. Yeah. <laughs> some great shoes, the AIs. He had a very, very popular basketball shoe. Oh, back in the right day. on. Yeah. Nice. So. You never heard of him, huh? No. No. Yeah, that's what happens. I guess when you learn Cap 10s at 16, <laughs> you might true. not know who Alan Everett Well, that also focused. maybe dates us, though, because we, we're quite a bit older, right? Yeah, How old true. are you? I'm 20. You're 20. Okay, Buds is about 78. Um, close close to 78. <laughs> Chris is creeping on. We are, I guess we discussed your age a couple of ago. I try to keep it ago. secret. Yeah, but anyway, let's change the subject. So I want to circle back to this contest scene. And one thing a lot of these people don't know is – that you guys have all these coaches and stuff like that. There's three dudes mm -hmm. on each knuckle of the jump with headsets on. Shouts to Dave Reynolds. Cool as hell, dudes. <laughs> but, like, my my one, like, there's so much pressure, you know? So what I wonder is, like, A, is it necessary? B, is it helpful? Like, what are the pros and cons of having all these coaches and all this pressure and all this shit? I mean, it's definitely good to have eyes on the course at all times. It does become a little overwhelming, though, when you're standing up there and – Say you see someone, like, totally go way too big and eat shit, and then you've got your coach, like, with his earpiece in, like, yeah, line three, maybe go a little slow, and you're like, really? Okay, yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> I will do that. And it's just, I don't know. For me, I, especially when I'm in that scene, I get very easily irritated, maybe, is the best way to put it, because, I mean, I've been competing for so long, and, like, competition snowing isn't, like, just snowboarding for fun and I, that's what I want to make it so badly so when I have people like oh she just like did a blunt two on the rail like you should do that I'm like dude forget what she did I'll do something else I'm gonna figure it out I'm gonna do what feels the best for me and I think that's when it gets a little too much especially with the video cameras you know they're doing like video review afterward and they're like trying to swipe on the iPad and like the iPad's not loading so you're standing up there forever but well, they do video review like on the spot. Yeah. So we have this crazy thing with the U.S. team. They have like this tower that they stick in the snow and we'll have someone film like the entire line and it'll go straight to whoever's at the top with an iPad and you can like go through and they'll be marked like Haley, Red, Brock, like everyone's got Damn. clips. Yeah, it's it's a little over the top for sure. And it I think it takes a lot of the fun part out of the contest riding arena. And that's why. I think some people don't agree with it. For and sure. it's only for the U.S. team? I uh, know everyone's got Everybody. it. Everybody. Yeah, well, all you, the countries you have it. see also the scene, like U.S. team's tame. You're up there at the top, like China, the Chinese coach is like, these guys will seem aggro, like the German. Really? Like, yeah, there's some of the other coaches, you're like, they're like yelling other languages. You're like, holy <laughs> shit, what the hell is going on over yeah. here? How many Pretty coaches much. do you guys have? Um, On the U.S. team, we have two. Uh Dave Reynolds and Mike Ramirez. Oh, so give him an air say, horn. I'm giving him an air there's horn. three coaches on the lip. It's like different countries. And Well, I thought there was three U.S., but maybe it's just one guy with a headset. I thought there was. Yeah, and then, like, there's another coach that's down there, like, filming, but he's just more like our film guy. Yeah. But, yeah, um, it gets gnarly and hectic. Hectic, yeah. I mean, it's also, like, do we really want that stigma around us, you know? But, I mean, 
that's what it is now. So like, kind of have to. You just, just have to deal with it. I feel yeah, like I've been wa- watching all these like ESPN thirty for thirties and like a football life and all these. I love watching like Netflix specials on coaches, and I feel like a coach's role is to be like a life mentor. Yeah, it's yeah. not to be like oh, you should probably take one less turn. It's like just like be a good friend that shows you how to go through life. Totally, and I think we have a good crew. Like our coaches do have that absurd camera system, but they're like pretty down to earth people and they're they're definitely there and have our backs and I I also work with James Jackson. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's definitely like mentor life coach. Like I feel more psych than anything and I think that's what helps me the most during contests is just like you know, there's so much going on and then there's always so much pressure like 2 years ago at X Games before I went up to go practice before a contest they had the TVs up and they're getting like ready for the live stream or whatever and on it there's a picture of my face and it says due for a podium and so I'm like <laughs> I'm like oh okay so that's that's what's happening all right and like I've got that in the back of my head due and I'm for like, a podium yeah right? I'm like oh, am I like it made me sound old almost I'm like oh do I like am I not that good but you know, it's hard having those things, like, deep down subconsciously. You're not thinking about it, like, at the front of your brain, but it's, like, still fresh in your and mind, you know? And if it's not, they're putting it in front of you, so it's, yeah. Well, yeah, it's and really there's fresh. Everyone else is, who's <laughs> going to watch is, like, sitting there in the athlete tent around the TV, and they're all looking at you to see your reaction, and I'm just like, great. well, going to go have a great time. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, What they're really saying is, like, you're only as good as your last contest result, yeah. basically. And then the thing for me... I don't know about you, but the little kid inside of me, like when a coach or somebody's like, you need to do that. I'm such a stubborn prick. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you want me to do that? I'm actually going to do the opposite. Me too. Because I'm still like. That's me. A hundred percent. I'm like, oh, okay. Nope. Definitely not doing that. I was going like, to do that. But yeah. now yes. since yeah, you I said would that, have. I'm actually not going to do that. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> they got to start using That's reverse. That's how snowboarders are in general. Yeah. 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 You gotta, they got to use reverse psychology. Be like. Uh, Haley, I don't think you should cab 10 the last jump. Oh, you don't think I should? Yeah, that's what oh, okay. they should do. <laughs> what are you trying to say, huh? <laughs> and then you'll go bust it out. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that would work. Take some notes on that. Another thing that is fascinating that I think maybe the people that watch X Games or do tour or competitive snowboarding online or on TV is that the fucking pace you're snowboarding at I go through those courses when I go to do tour and you're going like the same speed you'd be going for like a 50 foot kicker at rails. So like a rail get dog like myself that's used to like snowboarding at, a, at like a average snowboard park pace. It's like, holy shit, these things are psycho. But you see Haley come through and she's like just lacing every rail going Mach 100. How do you get so comfortable with that? It's just... I mean, I, I couldn't really tell you how to specifically like specifically get comfortable charging at rails because it's gnarly and like these rails at contest too they're like seven feet off the ground like if you fall off you're breaking an ankle or like Mm -hmm. getting hurt for sure I mean I guess it's just the hope and pray that you get to the end of the rail like I was telling you I think I have an easier time with it because I'm not scared to go fast at rails and so I can just like do my trick over half the rail and slide like the last three to four feet call it good and like move on to the next but I mean I grew up riding fast like grew up riding with boys my whole life basically until I was 15 um boys that were like 25 to 15 to 9 like I just rode with a squad actually um Brandon Davis grew up riding at Big Bear and I grew up riding with him and Drayden Gardner like yeah when I was super young so 
I mean, just to put that into perspective, like I rode with heavy dudes when I was young, and like Lucas Magoon and Chris Bradshaw would always be at the mountain. Couple too. air horns for those yeah. guys. <laughs> be a gunshot too. There we go. Lucas ever bark at you at the mountain? Not to me directly, <laughs> but he has at my crew for sure. And it's so funny because like I don't know why I grew up thinking that like I mean. My dad is covered in tattoos, so I'm like, I look at a person, no matter what they look like, and I'm like, you are just, like, probably the nicest person ever. I remember being at, like, the Trans Am events that they used to have. Um, we had it in, like, the the plaza at Big Bear, and Lucas Magoon was judging it, and he was handing out T-shirts for finalists. And I was so nervous because I really – they had this box and then, like, this circle thing in front of us. He had to bonk the, the circle thing and land on the box – and I was so nervous to do it. And he was handing out T-shirts. And I'm like, hey, hey, Lucas, like, how do I do that? And he goes, I don't know, go fast. And I'm like, okay, we'll do. <laughs> I'm, like, charging up the hill. And I literally, like, go straight at this thing, like, smash my nose on it, like, somehow figure it out, land on the box, and, like, right away. And I think the fact, like, that I actually did it, he was like, all right, here. And he gave me a T-shirt. Nice. And to the finals, but, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, random. A legend. Yeah, I mean, like, growing up, me and my crew, I think we definitely look to him and Chris as, like, those are the dudes we want to be. I yeah. mean, they're, like, cutting the line on weekends. Like, they had the, the fast pass so they could, like, just go in whenever they wanted. Like, we all wanted to be them. They're the Big Bear OGs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then you look at the Midget Mafia, and it's, like, <laughs> literally, like, 15 kids that are Junior Bacon Chris Bradshaw, <laughs> head to toe, baggy gear. Big Bear's got an incredible scene for yeah. that. Uh, it's amazing people watching, really. I mean, you've got the bar right there, like this one chairlift, and then all the like beginner chairlifts too. So it's just like, just a whole SoCal mess. It's yeah, there's some beautiful. wild people that go up there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Good <laughs> people sure. watching. Well, I'll tell you what, I think it's that time, buds. Name that video part. Yes, it is. You might have to uh, throw the headphones on. Mm. Oh, For the listeners, Haley opted out of the headphones. So she's uh, missing out on a lot of air horns and things like that. Well, that's right. She can't hear the air horns. Yeah. I'm imagining it. Imagining them. <laughs> that's all you got to do. <laughs> if you could actually make your own every time, that would be <laughs> ideal. <laughs> okay, we're, we are doing a little Name That Video part presented by The Do Tour. Great event. I think uh, you mentioned earlier you got your first major podium at a do tour. Yes. Yep. First one. It all comes for full circle. Now you're sitting in a garage with uh, <laughs> <laughs> me and Stony Buds yep. on a podcast Perfect. sponsored by the do tour. Yeah. Thank okay. you, do tour. Okay. Um, how confident are you feeling right now? I want to say good, but I'm going to go with a 0. 0.5. Wow. 0. 0. 0. 0.5. <laughs> that's, a, that's the lowest score we've uh, recorded yeah. yet. We got to make like a graph of all the uh, levels. Little graph. Okay, here we go. Young Hales. Oh my gosh, I know it, but I. We can, we can play it again if you want. Yeah. I'm spacing so hard on the name right now. Let's say it was a movie that we talked about in our text chain last night. Is it? Um, it's not one of the trans world movies, is it? No. 
Mm. It's not that either. It is that. Oh, it is that. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel so dumb right now. Let's say he's uh, affiliated with DC currently, and he lives near you. <laughs> That's Ika, isn't yeah. it? Oh, you know what's so funny is I had a dream last night that you gave me Ika's part, and what I should have listened. I <laughs> should have listened. You I had the dream. You had a premonition. I did. Oh, We're going to count listened. that as a win. Yeah. What we have Especially here if you dreamt it. is an igloo amazing. prize pack. Oh my gosh! She gets you guys. the cooler. Uh, she made. She might have needed a little nudge, but yeah. we're gonna count that as a W. I appreciate the help, really. It's, Thank uh, you. It's filled Worth with. It. We got a bomb hole T-shirt. I'm guessing you're a size small. Uh, we got a mug. We got uh, some stickers, and we got a Stony Buds air freshener. So oh, nice. all of which are available <laughs> at bombhole.com if you're trying to uh, come up, as well as some signed prints of uh, oh, Haley. Yeah. So. Y'all need this air freshener. Seriously, it is the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and it does not smell like cheddar biscuits. We've been asked. It smells. It smells great. It's new car smell, actually. So make your make your whip smell nice and clean. So you don't um, want your car smelling like cheddar biscuits. No, you don't. You do not. So for part two of name that video part for the listener viewers, comment on the photo of Haley on our IG if you know it, and you'll get a prize pack if you're the first one to get the right answer. Here we go. That was short. We make it hard for these these guys. They're good, and we would like to say thank you for playing a little bit of good song though. Well, Black Rob, I think. Yep. Yeah. Okay, thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. We are back with the Allen Iverson of snowboarding, Haley Langland. <laughs> uh, basically, what I want to talk about is. The Olympics in Korea, it looked incredible for the men, but the women's event looked like an absolute shitstorm. Yeah. A windy shitstorm. It was a windy shitstorm. You want to paint the picture of what that event was like and everything? Like you said, basically a shit show from the beginning. The men competed the day before us, and we knew the weather was coming in, so uh, all of us were, like all the ladies, we were trying to get together and ask if we could stall like a day or two, because... We had four days after we competed until the skiers competed. And so we figured we could just, you know, hop in on one of those days. But because of, you know, the allocated TV times, uh, they weren't able to change it. So we went in like 80 mile an hour windstorms, which was pretty gnarly to say the least. And it was an experience for sure. Um, but it was fun. I mean, the course was like a video game. Like, the jumps were huge. The rails were, they felt like 20 feet tall. And it was just, like, insane. So, 80 mile per hour. Yeah. yeah. It, looked, it looked straight up dangerous from a spectator. I, was, I remember watching it being like, this is fucking bullshit that they're running this event right now. And do you feel like if it was a men's event, do you think they would have changed it? Partly, yeah. Part of me definitely, wanna says, uh, definitely wants to say that they would, for sure. Um, you know, we... Sometimes the girls kind of get screwed over. Like, in years past, we've had to go when the weather's super shitty, like, for our qualifier, and then, like, the men will get postponed and not qualify and go when it's super nice. And so just weird things like that. But after, ever since the Olympics, it's totally changed. Like, the men have definitely gone in conditions that they can ride in but are still, like, not 
you know, conditions that we could ride in. So they'll switch it around for us, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. That's just such a damn shame. You you know, every as far as competitive snowboarding, the Olympics is the highest bar, the highest caliber event. And you work so hard for four years and then you got 80 mile an hour wins and it's just got to be, that's got to, you know, be disheartening. Totally. I feel like all the girls were robbed of a really good Olympic experience and, you know, just watching the previous Olympic games, uh, the women's slope style, like the level was pretty good. Um, it was pretty like standard with what you were seeing at that time. But I mean, from then until the Pyeongchang games, it had gotten exponentially higher like girls are doing doubles consecutively like it was getting really not it was like watching a men's event almost like it it was getting serious and anyone anyone could have won um which I think is really cool about women's snowboarding is that there's no absolute number one I think a lot of people maybe feel the same way as me but I think women's is more exciting Dude, a lot of times to me watch. Too. I enjoyed it way more. I mean, yeah. it, it depends on who you're watching. Like I have my favorites, like I like Mark Mick or Red, but you know, some like some of the dudes look, you know, like take somebody like Max Perot or something like that dude to me, it looks like gymnastic. Yeah, it's like, like pops, I don't even and then it's like a tuck, tuck, tuck. And yeah. you're like, okay, like that's that to me is a bad representation of snowboarding. But the women putting up double corks and just like going big it's just like more it's more fun to watch maybe more relatable it or seems something. more relatable and more fun to me totally and i think that a lot of the girls now too that are progressing they're bringing more style into it because they know that you know like things that max is doing while it's great it's not what like judges want to see or what people want to see like it doesn't look as good as like a back 10 with a comfortable indie will ever look besides like a back 10 mute. Like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure everyone hates back 10 mute now because it's just so overdone. Yeah, it's so and, like, overdone. Everyone can do it. But I mean, that's that's the cool thing about women's snowboarding is that also we all have our own individual styles. Like I think some girls definitely have like tougher, like meaner, like styles, like dudes. And then some of them are just like their own feminine style, which is so cool to see. And I think that's really rad, but yeah, I think we all totally got robbed, which is super shitty because, you know, you see those comments on, not that it matters, but like people are always trying to put like the women, like lower than the guys, you know, there's always comments like, oh, this is why, you know, women aren't getting paid as much and why they shouldn't get paid as much Mm. but you know it's just like fuck if you give us the chance like we can show you all that we definitely do deserve it you know yeah Yeah. 100 percent. were you guys all complaining about it like not complaining but just like man this sucks yeah we all like gathered at the top and tried to like postpone it or postpone yeah like we did our best and it did it got postponed for like an hour or two which is a lot of time for tv and so like it was just crazy that the fact that they still run it like i think I left to go to the bathroom at the bottom of the hill, came back up, and the guy was like, all right, you're starting. And I'm like, Jeez. I'm like, really? <laughs> no time okay. okay, we're doing the Olympics now. We got two practice runs before competing, which is gnarly. That doesn't Maybe. happen anywhere. Personally, I love gambling, okay? I'm in a fantasy football league. I like to uh, put money on the New England Patriots at times or whatever, right? <laughs> and fantasy football is great. It's fun. But can is there a fantasy slope style league? Because I would like to Dude, there probably join is one. In Vegas, man. I swear they. I, they I would love on to everything. gamble on the slope style circuit. Does oh, anybody know? Yeah. Does that exist? Or I don't know if it 
if it does, but it should exist. Like, I think that would be so fun. Have a draft. I yeah. swear they bet. You got to have a few women and a few men. You know, maybe you get like three three picks or something like that, or you get three men, three women, or I don't know how many are the top twenty. I guess out of twenty, depend on how many people are in your league. But somebody should figure out an app, start a fantasy slope style fantasy half pipe league, and get at us. And it's gamble. not really a team sport, though. Does it work? No, you. I mean, it doesn't. That's how doesn't fantasy matter. fantasy isn't doesn't matter with the teams. Oh, okay. You just pick your guys. All you right. know? I've never so, done it, so I guess yeah. I didn't know. I hear a lot about this fantasy league, so much because of you know Red's well, in it with you and Red beat oh, me. Red's Red beat too. me last week. <laughs> uh, this week, I so I got OB, OBJ uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, I benched him because he was only putting up eight points a game, and he had the he was the number one player in fantasy last week, and he was sitting on my bench. He earned zero points for my team. I was actually devastated. I don't um, know anything about this. Yeah, we, we don't we don't need to go too deep down this wormhole. <laughs> But a lot of people do, though I'm sure. Yeah. So regardless, yeah, Red beat me last week, uh, and but like for example, I would love to have a draft and be like, yeah, I, I'm going to take Red's Red's first pick, women first pick, Haley. Uh, let's go. You know what I mean? That would be sick. Yeah. That would be pretty. Who would fun. have high fantasy points in the in the slope style? Definitely Red. Mm-hmm. Red's going to have some high ones, and then I want to say like. Way out there, but probably Danny or Uto for half pipe. Mm-hmm. Like those, I bet they would duke it out for points. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if it was style based, Danny would win every time. But yeah. What about um, Mark Mix? Probably got a good, he'd have a good rating. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. High up there. <laughs> People are just going to be scrambling for those first yeah. picks. <laughs> those first picks are going to be That'd be a fun app, dude. And then I, th- well, online gambling's legal now in a lot of states. Oh, true. Huh? So I that's a whole new that. market. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. I think we should get on the forefront of this. I'd like to invest in somebody's program and get yes, it going. I, I would like to do that. So I'll invest in the streets too. We could get the streets going. Like what? Just do it on the on the low. Yeah. Sketchy. Oh, 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 the street <laughs> riding. Street riding <laughs> under the table. How's that work? Buzz? I don't know. Maybe real snow. Oh, re- yeah. You could yeah, gamble you on real, real snow. Yeah. Tough when there's only eight eight picks though. Yeah, that makes it harder. Yeah, I don't even know how it works. It's a tough yeah. game. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, another thing that's cool. To talk about this contest thing, not to get off, whatever off I, I keep I keep bringing it back, but I, I think it fascinates me. Because a lot of people don't realize you guys snowboard for like one hour a day. You know, normal people go snowboard all day for the contest. Is like okay, practice was from eleven to twelve or something, right? Yeah, totally. And that's that's it. true, huh? I never even thought of that. Yeah, I mean, our days are pretty short. Um, definitely, when we're competing, like you only get an hour and a half of practice, and maybe they have like a fifteen minute rake session and then you have an hour after that but I mean like riding a slope style course especially to this magnitude now it's so tiring and so like I'll go for maybe half the practice like because it's just so gnarly like the jumps are huge you're trying to figure out the speed and figure out the course you're probably getting worked like at US Open this year I probably had the worst practice I've ever had I'd like totally clipped this rail, like smashed my hip into the front of it. And then on the way down to the course, I board slid a rail and like slid off on my heels and pulled a stomach muscle. And then I broke my thumb somehow. And it was just, it was enough for me. So Once like, again, Alan Iverson is yes. snowboarding. <laughs> like to practice. <laughs> I'm just going to start not practicing from now on. Just start just doing skip like. Skip it. 
mandatory cab nines like do, Zach and do one Sage. roll through just to check out the course and yeah exactly but yeah I mean it gets tiring and yeah I would love to spend a whole day on course but I or I really don't think I could do it like You'd it's, just be too beat yeah it's too much you can't hit jumps that big and yeah. like if you were to hit a slope style course for a you know six hours you're like almost a hundred percent chance of like yeah. being done ski yeah you exactly. get worked yeah so once again, Alan Iverson sitting of snowboarding. What I was wondering is, who are the influences for you as far as females, women that you look up to in snowboarding, or you know, are inspired by? Uh, growing up and still to this day, definitely Kimi Fasani. I, she's just a badass. Big shout out, yeah, she's so sick. Um, I actually the first time I ever heard of her was when I was eight or nine and trans world had just come out with these trick tip movies it was like 20 trick tip and she did a cab five which is one of the first tricks i ever learned and uh yeah i just think she's total badass and now i'd say zoe sinnet is a huge i mean i talk about her all the time she's just so sick like she has a dude style it's so good she actually just posted like one of her first back tens the other day. She's in down in yep. New Zealand, and it's so good. Like you could totally compare it to guys, and like if anyone you showed anyone who had no idea who she was, you'd be like, "Who's that dude?" Like it's insane. Um, yeah, probably her, and you know, Victoria Delise is definitely a big. Let's give her an air horn. Yeah, nice. Definitely. You know who that is, Chris? Uh, I mean, I do, but I'm not well versed. <laughs> I, I remember when I was a kid. I was, she, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> That's okay. She's like been, especially now since I've gotten my feet in the backcountry a little bit, she's become a pretty big inspiration for me on that side of snowboarding. And I'm trying to, like, find a way where I can take her style and bring it to, like, contest snowboarding because I think that's that's awesome. That's the next move for women's slope style is becoming more progressive with style and, uh, you know. I mean, her style is so timeless, too. Everyone still talks about it, and, like, she had mm -hmm. a great method, too, which is, I feel like, pretty important as for well. For sure. For photog like Buds, he's a big fan of a good method. Yes. Oh, yeah. Always like a method. <laughs> So what's going to happen this year with competition? Is everything looking to pan out normally? I mean... Or we don't even know yet? I, yeah, I've I've heard some things, like, it's here or there. Um, there's talk of doing, like, kind of like the NBA bubble right now, mm. like doing three stops. So we'll all travel to one place, quarantine, and then do, like, a few contests there and then move on to the next place. So I think it's going to be, like, a Europe, North America, and Asia tour. Um, but, I mean, that... That was the last I heard, and that was months ago. That so makes it, sense. it changes every day. Um, I would not be mad if it all just got canceled. And really? I got to go film. Yeah, that would be that's, tight. <laughs> that's that. I think after this next Olympics, I hope I make it. But I think that's the avenue that I want to take my snowboarding. That's awesome. Yeah. Get a video part. Yeah, I, I've never I've never gotten to film a video part, so that would be like really huge for me. That's cool. Sponsors will be cool with it. Yeah, I, I'm so lucky. I have the Everyone's best sponsors. Down. I know, and like everyone says it, but I, I really, truly feel like I have the best sponsors. I mean, I've got Seth Hewitt as a TM. He's You're badass. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just listening to his bomb hole and, like, interacting with him. And um, I definitely reach out to him about, like, snowboarding stuff, too. Like, just hearing what he has to say helps a lot. Good advice from Seth. Huh? And then yeah. as far as, you know, getting into backcountry and that transition, 
I heard that you guys did some type of Red Bull backcountry training course or something like that. Yeah, it was really cool. The first year that I got onto Red Bull, um, I got on them in December. And so that following January, they set up a camp to Jackson Hole. And, like, we got to meet up with Travis Rice, who's obviously, like, the god of the backcountry. T. Ricky. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, insane. Um Actually and left me on red recently. I sent him a text. He didn't reply. But anyway, continue. <laughs> Sorry, <didn't> <laughs> that's all right. That's. I don't know if that's a burn or a hate. You know, no, it's, like, a, it's a burn. And yeah, yeah roasted. I got roasted by T. Ricky. But it's not about. Let's continue. Let's continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, they like set up this amazing camp where we got to do. It was a whole week long. We did three days of avalanche training um, on the mountain at Jackson Hole, and then we spent the last two days just screwing around on snowmobiles. It was awesome. Um, I learned so much at that camp, and it was it was a really cool uh, place to be because they took not just snowboard athletes but ski athletes as well. And then we even had um, Ian Walsh. He's a pro surfer from Hawaii, like pro big wave surfer, gnarly dude. And he even came out and was there doing the training courses with us too. Like wow. learned how to save people from crevasses, uh, resuscitate, like first aid, all the essential stuff. And um, it was a really cool course, especially because this was the year after Brock Crouch was in his uh, accident. And, like, having him there to really, you know, he was in one himself. And, like, Travis, obviously, too. Like, it put everything in perspective. Like, people really don't know how gnarly it is to just go into the backcountry. There's so much that goes into it and that's around it. And, you know, you really shouldn't go into the backcountry if you're not educated in the slightest bit, for sure. And people do. I yeah. Mean, they get lucky, which is awesome, but, yeah, they really should. Yeah. That's cool. Red Bull just set that up. and Yeah, it was awesome, and it was such a cool program, and, like, they really care about us, like, especially the snowboard athletes moving on and maybe not competing again, but, like, you know, if we want to move on to filming and stuff, we have the assets to, you know, be ready to go and make that move. And then That's you were right. talking about rehabbing your shoulder. I know you've had a brutal injury prone to shoulder yeah. you want to talk about that and then what they did to facilitate the rehab process of that yeah so I've had two surgeries on my right shoulder now um I first dislocated it actually in Utah with Eastone. he was there <laughs> wasn't my fault though no it wasn't <laughs> his fault <laughs> he, didn't tell you to, he didn't tell you to do it again no, that's a no, classic never. it wasn't no. a do it again it wasn't okay. it wasn't Eastone that told me to do it again it was someone else but oh yeah that's right yeah. it was someone else it wasn't me <laughs> who wait, let's let's throw him under the bus who are we talking uh, I can't even remember. I would love My to mind. throw him under the bus. Let's uh, do it. Uh, well, I mean, it really was not her fault. Mia Danielle, she's amazing. Great filmer. Oh, like, yeah. she's the one that Let's really. Let's give her an air horn. Yeah, give her an air horn. She, like, fueled my obsession with the backcountry. She invited me to come with you guys on mm. beta. And, like, I only love the backcountry now. And I'm pretty sure it's because of her, um, like, helping me get in there, like, letting me borrow beacons and everything. But. Um, it was like this sketchy little cliff drop and the sun was super sun, the snow was super sun baked. And yeah, it was, it was, was kind not enough powder to be really that soft. It was like dust on crust kind of. Yeah, exactly. And I'd been like kind of jumping off it and it was all right. Um, and I went to do like cab one grab and I landed and I just put my arm back and it just dust on crust. My arm popped out. Yeah. That's the first time it ever popped out. And then from there on, I just had gnarly shoulder problems like that summer I went surfing and it popped out seven times when I literally would just like jump off my board into the water. 
And so I had my first surgery in July uh, 2018, I'm pretty sure. And then did rehab, all good. Got on Red Bull that next season and then dislocated again in March. And so that time I got it done by the same surgeon again. Um, and it was really gnarly. They like took this tendon um, and wrapped it around a bunch of stuff to try and keep it in the capsule, I guess. And like my labrum was just shredded, like from imagine a clock from 10 to two o'clock, I shredded like the entire thing. So I had only like barely enough labrum to even hold my shoulder. Um, and so I got that done and then like, I mean, being on Red Bull has been so amazing. They have so many different outlets to like, you know, they just started a program with mental health and everything. And they have a physical therapy and gym in Santa Monica. Um, and that's what I was using after my surgery. I went up two days after my surgery. Like I'm still on all these like pills and drugs cause it's freaking gnarly surgery. And they just started working on me right then and there. Like, uh, they had this crazy radiation thing, like where the, it draws cells, I guess, to one certain area to help it heal. It's just crazy stuff. Like it's top of the line. Literally, stuff, it huh? almost feels like you're in a lab, and they're really? just like, "We're gonna make you better." Like it's <laughs> crazy. The yeah, they do. They have yeah. moto and skate guys in there at the same time, right? Yeah, totally. So when I was getting this done, I actually was getting PT alongside Tyler Beerman. We both used the same PT, Marco at the time is pretty sick. Like the gym is so cool because all these different people from all these different sports come in. Like you meet F1 car racers and uh. like, that's gnarly because they're huge deal. And then like you meet moto dudes like Tyler Beerman and it's just really dope. Where, where do they put you up when you do this shit? Uh, they put you up in this hotel called the shore and it's right across the street from the Santa Monica pier, wow. like overlooking the ocean. It's Legit a good life. Yeah. Tell you what, yeah. if I rode for Red Bull, I'd be like excited to just destroy my body. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, all right, let's go. I'm trying to go to the shore. A hundred percent. Just like leg buckle, like off the biggest jump, just in the air. All right, I'm heading to the shore, baby. Let's do this. Let's go to the shore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they do mental health stuff now too? Yeah, actually. That's so cool. Just this, uh, like right when quarantine started, they launched a like, a small partnership with Headspace, which is like a mental coaching, it's mental health coaching app. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's amazing. I got it, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 Use it. It's, mm -hmm. it's dope. I've used it a few times, like when I can remember. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's great, because like, I have a hard time falling asleep at night sometimes, so mm. I like do it before I go to bed. But Does it help? Yeah, it yeah. totally does. It's like a form of meditation, basically. Really? It's, like it's great. There's tons of stuff on there, too. There's all kinds of different yeah. things. It's like a soothing podcast, so it's like this, That's but what like I mean. with dudes and chicks that are like, ooh, they like talk have super. I just night. want you to get ready and calm. Yes, yes. Settle exactly. Settle into your sleepiness. You're gonna start putting our viewers to sleep for <laughs> that voice, dog. I'm about to pass out. <laughs> exactly. So, like, it's just so cool because they have all these different outlets for y whatever you need, essentially, and I think that's like. Pretty awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Let's give him a damn your, air horn. Yeah, it gets yeah. you back like that. That's really cool. Totally. One thing that's kind of an interesting question is, how did you get on Red Bull? Okay, I'm pretty sure that they wanted to sign this other girl. 
<laughs> and it was for a bigger deal. And she said no. So instead, like, they split in half and got me and this other girl, Maddie Mastro. So mm. like kind of owe her, like. <laughs> you got two birds stoned yeah. at once. They yeah, ended exactly. up getting two. Did, did they know that they were, they were getting the Allen Iverson of snowboarding is the question. You know? It's, well, you got to throw the headphones on because we have a oh. guest question coming at you. And, you know, the guest question is presented by Solomon. Solomon Snowboard's website is live. They got all the new product. If you're looking to get yourself a snowboard, set of bindings, boots, head on over there. They got the best shit. Okay, here we go. Guest question. Hey, Bombhole Crew, it's Red Gerard. Got a question for Haley. Wondering if we could get some insight on your first time on your snowmobile in Tahoe. Some of the fun you've had on it and maybe some of the not-so-fun times it's put you through. Thanks. Great one. Great yeah, one. <laughs> guest question from our friend Red Gerard, who beat me in fantasy football last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I uh, randomly got my first snowmobile last year after the U.S. Open. Um, Red and Sage and Ben were all filming for their movie Joy. And Blatt, Aaron Blatt, the photographer, was just like, yeah, air horns. Um, he was like, you should just buy a sled and you should come out with us. And I was like, oh, okay, like kind of not going to consider it. And then I don't know what happened. He just kept asking me to do it. And so a few days later, I freaking bought a snowmobile and drove up to Tahoe uh, in my dad's truck, which a little background on my dad's truck. It's It was a nice 2018 white Tundra, like, souped up, super nice, like, nice rims, nice tires, everything. And uh, he loved that truck so much. He didn't let my brother or I in it for, like, the first month, five months that he had it. And so I'm, like, I'm begging him because I didn't have a truck at the time. And I'm, like, can I please borrow your truck so I can go film? Like, this would mean so much to me. And I it took a kind of a lot of convincing. Not going to lie, Dad, I'm a little surprised. But, um... <laughs> Eventually, he finally let me borrow it, and so he drove up with me to get my snowmobile in Elk Grove in Sacramento, and then I dropped him off at the airport, and he's, like, saying bye. He's like, take care of my baby, like, talking about his <laughs> truck. I'm like, yeah, Dad, for sure, and I drive up Tahoe, meet up with Sage, Ben, Brock, and Red, and uh, the next day, we go up first time and, like, had a great day. Like, we're heading back down the mountain. i run into the back of this guy's truck or his small little jeep it's a small jeep run into it like bent kind of bent the shit out of my dad's bumper and I'm and so bad um but anyway the next the very next day we're going back up and we're riding up to whatever zone we were at and uh I left my e-brake on from the parking lot (laughs) on the snowmobile on the snowmobile and uh like, we're seven miles in, I stop, and Red, like, looks over at me, and he goes, Haley, you're on fire, and I'm, like, thinking, like, oh, he's, like, complimenting me, like, I'm doing a great job, he's, like, he's, like, no, your sled is on fire, and I look down, and, like, dude, up in flames, and I'm, like, oh, oh, what do I do, and his brother, Kai, who's filming us, he jumps off the sled, like, into full, like, fight mode, he's, like, get off, put snow on it, he, like, rips off the side panel and starts tossing snow in it, like, puts it out, couldn't use my sled the whole day. Brake was just gone. No. Um, and so I take it down to the shop in uh, Reno, and the dudes all look at me as I roll up in this massive 
truck and you know an 850 I have an 850 sled and these guys are like oh is this your boyfriend's sled and I'm like no it's it's mine and I'm like can't you tell I left the e-brake on they're like oh that's all right like that's the fifth one this week and they gave me so much money off to fix it because they were I think they're just stoked that really yeah so it was sick I mean (laughs) yeah my first two days sledding were not uh Definitely not the best, but the, machine, yeah. the machines are huge. Like just they're sheer, massive. Somebody that's five two trying to wrestle an eight fifty, it's yeah, you have a major disadvantage there. Definitely. And I like wanna kinda hit myself in the head sometimes when I don't get it, but I have to remember like I mean that machine weighs like five times more than I do. Yeah. I'm more like, even. Yeah. Totally. Can't be afraid to keep her pinned out there sometimes too. Yeah. No, no, no. Full throttle. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, it's a tale as old as time with the, the e-brake. Yeah. You, that you, happens a lot, I think, to yeah. people, to new I people. I think Kimmy Fasani did it in one of the Burton movies. Uh, she burned her sled down to the ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah. Completely. So I, I got really lucky. It was just the braking me- like mechanism that got fucked up. I like the fact that you thought that Red was giving you a compliment. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm on like, fire. my second day You're on like, a yeah, sled. I'm all right out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, he didn't say it like, oh, my God, your sled's on fire. He goes, Haley, you're on fire. I'm like, oh, like, thanks. Nope. Just $10,000 sled I got the day before on fire. I can't believe you just went out and bought a sled like that. I mean, I I did well that year, and I was kind of like, I'm going to treat myself. Like, I never buy anything, and so... And also, it's a write-off, too. So, like, that was was kind of a no-brainer, but... I mean, now it just, like, has implemented so much of me that all I want to do is film. Like, yeah, that's all I want to do. Hit that Cab 10 dubski into the powder. I would. That's what the people want to see. Freaking love it. Yeah. yeah. Into the pow. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I let Buds borrow the snowmobile you're sitting over yeah. there. Uh, and it came back not in the same whoa, exact whoa, condition. Whoa, there was, like, <laughs> a did not come back in the or something. And I told you I'd replace it. He you never no, sent me the info. No, no, no. He, he tried to act like I wouldn't notice. Okay, this That is not missing. true. You never brought up the fact that there was a little latch missing. No, okay. Beresford and I discussed. We were like, did I do that or was it like that? And I'm like, I'm not sure. And he's like, I'm not sure. And we decided we'd let you figure it oh, out. Oh, is that what happened? We discussed it. Yeah, That, that seems a little fishy. It wasn't like, fishy, dude. like a fishy operation. <laughs> I didn't know if I did it. I still don't know if I did it, to be honest. I know that you did it. All right, we'll see if you know, then you know. Beresford said you'd know, so. Yeah. But you never sent me the info to buy you a new latch. It's, a, it's about a $7 part. So. I still would have got it yeah. Got it for you. Well, the thing is, I, I'd rather not have you do it, and I'd rather be able to bust your balls about oh, it. Oh, true, true. You know, I'd rather, okay. like, Just leave for it for blackmail. That's <laughs> fair, dude. That's fair. And I really appreciated sled use. No problem. No have problem. you been back out on yours since? Yeah, I have. Oh, you have? Actually, so now you're getting good at it? I'm, I, I'm doing okay. Uh, I went to Whistler this year, which was crazy because my first time snowmobiling has been on, like, in Colorado, on Vail Pass, where, yeah. like, most Mallow. most of it's groomed. And then in Tahoe, where it's, like, mostly trees, so you can, like, kind of pitch your way through, and it's not mm-hmm. too bad. Gave a highway there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Canada was... Did you get stuck or what? <laughs> I mean, I can't even count on my hands how many yeah. times I got stuck. Like, I'm, like, doing my thing, weaseling into other people's projects like I do, and, like, somehow I make it up to Canada with Red Brock and uh, the Burton dudes. Um and we're going to, like, a secret spot deep in the backcountry, like, 20, 30 miles in. And it's all unbroken trail. So you can already imagine. Day, yeah. 
I mean, it was so tough, but honestly, I felt worse because it was an even tougher day for all those boys having to like help me flip my sled over, mm. help me like get into line where I can definitely get up the hill. Like I've got, I can get on the rail like, okay, but I'm not like, oh, I'm stuck. Like I can get out of it. So are you yeah. familiar with the pin and wiggle? I am familiar with the pin and wiggle. <laughs> yes. pin and wiggle. The pin and wiggle is a great technique. If you kind of bury on an 850. Yeah. You know, older sled, it doesn't work. But a newer 850, you you trench. You can. What I like to do is basically hold the sled wide open for, you know, minute, maybe two minutes. Just shake it violently back and, and forth. Eventually and it'll... These, it eventually it'll crawl itself out of its hole. It's really? In. These new machines, you, yeah. there is a chance you'll blow your motor. That will. What? But you can blow a belt real fast yeah, it's, like that. It's not necessarily great for the machine, but it's but you a lot do it. it's a lot easier than shoveling. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's a the pin and wiggle is a great technique to um, you know, save your back. The old yeah. pin and wiggle. That's that's a hard one too for me cuz I I weigh nothing and I feel like a lot of you it hardly wiggling this thing. wiggle it's a hard wiggle. Yeah, it's a hard it's, a, wiggle. <laughs> it's like a gnarly stairmaster that you cannot ever accomplish. Like mm. it's so hard, but I mean, I Oh, so much to like Red and Kai and Brock and, you know, Aaron Leyland was up there filming us too. And they helped me so much. Like, I feel pretty good on oh, a sled now. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Roost is his name, right? Yes. Johnny yes. Roost. <laughs> uh, Leyland, he runs a turbo. Or Johnny Turbo? Is it Johnny Turbo or Johnny Roost? I can't remember. But, uh, it's one of those. He's for a neck. Sure. He will help you get out of any situation. He is so gnarly. Mm-hmm. Just goes anywhere. And he's got like the longest track size you can get. It's like a 175, mm-hmm. I think. He just. Goes everywhere. He's got the damn turning radius of the Titanic on it. <laughs> of the Titanic. I'd say I prefer a 54 track myself. <laughs> People are like, you don't want that. It wheelies too much. I'm like, that, that doesn't make any sense. You know, you want to go 12 o'clock out there. You've been going, have, you hit, have you hit any 12 o'clock? I there? mean, I've gotten to like, not 12 o'clock. Well, 9 o'clock maybe? I could, I could 9 get o'clock a, girls? Yeah, I could get to a 9 o'clock for sure. That's probably my best, honestly. <laughs> I want to like it, and I do. I love it, but also I get so pissed because it's so hard, and especially because I come from, like, dirt biking growing up. Like, dirt biking was one of the first things I did before snowboarding. So I'm like, why the fuck can I not get this? I don't understand it, but, I mean... Like you guys have said, everyone's got so much weight on me. I'm like, yeah, purposely. Yeah, I wonder why they got you on such a big sled. I mean, I, sometimes I want to ask the camera dude to just give me his backpack so I got some extra some weight. More weight? Yeah, but those things dude, are like 100 pounds. Yeah, that would be I know. too much weight for you. <laughs> yeah. If you do CrossFit every day from now till the winter, that you know, maybe that'll help. Just kind of. It get, still probably won't give her enough weight. <laughs> <laughs> just beef me up. Well, you know what? What I'm wondering is... Do any people in the competitive circuit use steroids? Because I think they should. I think snowboarding needs. <laughs> you want to get I'm them on? Take, I'm taking a firm you stand. You want to get them up? I'm taking a firm stand. Snowboarding needs steroids, you know, for progression. What do you think? I will say that this is the first time I've ever heard anything like that, but I could totally <laughs> see it. I mean, I, like, I'm 5'2 and weigh 100 pounds. I could definitely use some steroids. Just get yeah. juiced up. <laughs> I would love to see some dudes out there looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. in his Let's 20s. Let's push the progression. Just like grabbing you, like bending their board. just <laughs> Snapping in the air. Like uh, all kinds of aggression at the top of the course. Roid rage. Yes. I People think arguing. I, I, I'm not going to say, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a firm stance Snowboarding needs steroids. That's my that's my official stance right now. I don't know if people are going to get behind choosing. you in that, but I'm backing it. Why not? Do they test? Do they test for pH? Uh, really? They, they test, test for hard. everything, bro. Yeah. yeah. This is 
We haven't had to test in a few years since the Olympics, I think. But n- since the qualifiers year is coming back up, we're going to have to test. And it is gnarly. Like, you get three strikes, and obviously three strikes, you're out. I got – and it's hard to get them. Like, you have to really try to get strikes. And I got a strike once. You get three chances. Yeah. So, like, like – baseball. Yeah, exactly. It, But with drugs. <laughs> and, like <laughs> – oh. <laughs> That's nice. Bud, buds wouldn't do that well. No. Yeah. I would uh, – <laughs> I would have stroked, striked up. He would have stroked. stroked. <laughs> <laughs> Three strikes is a stroke. He uh, would have stroked. So you, uh, you got a strike. Yeah, but not because I do drugs or anything. Because I don't. But like that's what they all say, that's what common, I know. Common words, right there. <laughs> <laughs> they so they give you this calendar that you f- you have to fill out every quarter. So like you have to know where you're going throughout the season, which pain in the ass yeah. for like anyone that's in our realm but for sure i got a last minute invite to x games norway because i won x games aspen and i didn't get an invite so i got automatically invited after uh, aspen which was only a week before and so like i flew straight from there to there and uh yeah i forgot to put it down on oh, my that's calendar why you got a strike yeah and they have people show up to your house to test you. And so mine said that I would be at my parents' house. And I'm, like, in Norway sleeping. I get a call at 4 a.m. And it's my mom. My mom's like, there's a drug test lady here. And she's been here for, like, seven hours just, like, waiting for you. Because I was sleeping. So they're, like, waiting to hear from me. middle of the night there. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, so they won't leave until you change your schedule and you have to write like a letter to the organization explaining what happened. So I did all that, explained everything, and I still got a strike. What organization, FIS, or is it? I don't, it's it's called um, USADA. Okay. They literally sat yeah. there and waited until you changed your schedule. She sat in her car waiting there for seven hours. Dude. Yeah, like that's, I mean, I feel so bad You're for that Finland. poor chick. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> damn, that sucks. <laughs> My bad. I would probably get three strips. Stri- they they watch the whole process like a drug court one? Or is yeah, it like, it's, it's gnarly. Okay, like, it's probably gnarly. Watch you, watch like, you pee, pee or whatever. in the cup. Yeah, it's crazy. Not cool. Mm-mm. And, we, and it's totally unannounced, so they catch you off. They catch yeah, you. they catch you off guard, so they you never know when they're coming. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go to one of these meetings, and I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise my hand, and I'm gonna say, we need steroids. <laughs> Is weed legal <laughs> these days, or no? No, that's no. like one of them. Even if you're in California, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're competing and they're doing the drug testing thing like you can't do that which i know is so funny because like i feel like a lot of snowboarders do yeah. it and it's so funny when those times come around you can tell who's stressing out about <laughs> it they're like oh you think i'm good we're like oh you're not good <laughs> probably not we but... stays in there a while three <laughs> oh, months or something so funny i think the last time i did one was this season in europe for the locks open and uh like it sucks too because you know at being an athlete and training at high elevations and competing, you drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when you take those tests, you'll pee in the cup and it'll be too diluted. And so uh, they'll make yeah. you wait to redo it, but they give you water to drink. To so you're pee. just going to yeah. dilute more. And I don't know what happened, but when I took my test, because I think I finished like fourth or fifth. And so they test like top three and one random. Um, and I was too diluted the first time, and then I ended up waiting another hour to take my next one, too diluted again. And so they were like, okay, this last one, if you're too diluted again, 
you just walk away. Nothing, like nothing happens. So we're talking urination. We're talking <laughs> drug testing. I'm going to do a little pivot. All right. A little circle back, if you will. A little double back. We're going to double back. Now, uh, Haley, you were mentioning earlier you grew up, you're homeschooled. And it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people have this pre-notion that snowboarders are idiots or not intelligent because they don't have a school formal education. But I think a lot of these snowboarders that are not formally educated are some of the smartest people I know. And do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I definitely grew up with that stigma. Like some of my friends that I went to school with that I meet up with, uh, you know, whenever I come home, they're like, oh, so you like smoke a lot of weed? And I'm like, that's, you know, that's not really what we do. We're pretty focused. And I feel like, especially now, everyone takes care of their bodies really well. Everyone works out. We eat pretty clean. Like, I mean, I see even people here in Salt Lake that just film rails, they're working out on weekends, which is gnarly. And I mean, not only are they physically like motivated, they also are really um, into making mental health like a priority, you know? And I think that with snowboarding being such an individual sport and especially with the load on from like having Instagram and stuff, it's become a bigger issue than anyone would have ever thought it would have become. And um, it's, you know, it, it's hard with like a bunch of our good friends passing away the last couple years. And I think now everyone is really tight knit and there for each other. And not only that, but individually, I feel like everyone's taking it a lot more seriously. Like, what we talked about earlier, using Headspace, that is a really good meditation app. I use it. It's really great. And, you know, even like some of the people that you would never suspect to be super intuitive about mental health, they're like some of the most educated people on the whole subject. 100%. Yeah, That's and, cool. And you kind of think there there is an older stigma, I feel like, where back in the day it was like almost you look at like the Palmer era and it was like, party like eh, kind of just this but it's it's kind of a changing of the guards and the shit is getting so gnarly people are hitting their heads they're getting concussions and if you don't take care of yourself you're I mean you're gonna be struggling you have yeah to. just gonna be mush and you know can't really enjoy life like that I mean you can but you know you miss out on so many great opportunities like I mean school was pretty important for me growing up like I was when I was in school I was like I went hard about it if I got a b minus I was crying my mom would be like dude a b minus is awesome oh really so you're an a student yeah I mean I I tried really hard like I I, that's kind of like everything I do I I just you know I want to be good at it I want to do it I want to get it right the first time and um I mean as soon as I started snowboarding you know school became a lot harder because I traveled so much, and so I was pretty much teaching myself how to learn things in high school. Um, But luckily for me, like, my mom found a way that I could graduate early. Like, as soon as I hit 10th grade, I was out of there. Oh, you graduated at 10th grade? Yeah, I was was gone. Um, Ghost. So, yeah, I, I got super lucky, and some people don't have those avenues either. But, you know, you can get your GED, and I think it's really important where people are you know, they're, they're keeping up to date, they're reading, staying educated on whatever the matter may be, you know, it's, it's really important to keep your brain functioning. And I mean, I don't think anyone 
besides snowboarders do that really well, besides like NFL players are probably right there. They're like, I'm pretty sure that's their most reported injuries or concussions. So, I mean, brain health is super important. And, you know, I try to read books whenever I can because I feel like that helps me the most. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I did cognitive therapy to heal my brain because I had 10 concussions. And that's one of the biggest things is just reading and remembering what you read. Totally. But yeah. Then just getting your mind working. Huh? Yeah, getting your mind working. But circling back around to what we're talking about, too, is like also – street smarts there's like you know there's so much traveling the world learning traveling yeah. experience you yeah. can see stony buds he'll meet somebody at 7-eleven and you know they'll be like best friends because he just knows how to talk to people and that that's a skill that can't be taught you know and you learn totally. that from snowboarding and traveling yeah i mean like i'm catching up with my friends who are all in college now and they're talking about like scientific notation all this and that and i'm like well I went, I went to Korea. That yeah. was like pretty crazy, you know? And I think it just goes hand in hand and like street smarts is definitely like a vital thing. It's like common sense. You need to have that. And so, I mean, it's just hard to draw the line where like education like meets, you know, the fluidity of both, mm -hmm. you know? Interesting. Seeing topic. those other cultures too is just so huge for yeah, you learning learn how so the world much. works. Yeah, yeah. How people are and yeah, let, so them, let them have their science, you know? And, and then you, you travel, and then this happens to me. I'll go somewhere, and it's it's a lot like a lower means, you know? And then you come home, and you appreciate this place. You're like, holy shit, we have it good. You totally, know? yeah. Perspective. yeah. That's a true story, yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Also, another thing, thinking about this community and snowboarding and the people you meet along the way, but it's not always what you know, it's who you know, and these relationships and those people you meet along the way. And all of a sudden you got a friend that lives in Colorado that you can stay with and you got people all over the world. And that being said, you know, conventional school now is switching over to online classes. And I think, you know, a formal education, one of the biggest parts of it is the social aspect. So mm -hmm. like yeah. now if you take the social aspect out of formal education and you're just doing an online class, I don't know. I mean, it seems like you're missing a huge a avenue there. Yeah, a huge right? part of college is lost if mm -hmm. you're only doing it online. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, yeah, I feel like that's where people learn connectivity with other people. Like, you can really read another person and, like, know how to interact with them. And that's that's especially huge in snowboarding or any kind of sport, business, whatever. You need to learn how to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of hard to do if you don't have that exposure. I got a question off topic. We're going to pivot. <laughs> I just beat that word to death. But um, <laughs> are you scared at the top of these slope style runs? <laughs> that's <just> totally <laughs> off topic. Yeah, that's a great question. That's the best question yet. Out of nowhere. But yeah, I mean, totally. You roll up to these contests and you're riding up the chairlift and you're like, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. Nope. And it's just, it's so gnarly, but like, you know, I maybe I try to, like, downplay it to where I'm, like, scared shitless of it. But then as soon as you get over it, you're like, wow, being, like, a huge pussy, it's really, really not that difficult. But, yeah, I mean, these courses are building some insane things to where you would never even think it's possible to, like, get over the jump yeah. or hit it a certain way, like how they want you to hit it. So, yeah, definitely. Do you ever do this fake thing where you, when you're scared shitless, you're like, oh, this looks chill. 
But you're really just like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. Because I do that sometimes. <laughs> do you get more scared when it's actually your contest run, or by then you're chill because you've ridden it a lot? Yeah, no, by contest run it's totally chill. But yeah, I mean, I'll totally do. I think that's like kind of a thing in competition snowboarding. If like someone else is staying next to you, you're like, dude, this shit is like kind of fucked up. And you're like, oh, dude, it's mellow. But deep down, you're like, dude, I might like eat some shit right now like it's for real but yeah i mean that that though just goes along with like contest snowboarding you kind of like psych the other person out and no one can say that they don't do it because i know we it's all a do game it of chess yeah come there, on huh? i do that on backcountry jump sometimes when i'm like scared shitless like i'll go i'll go first like it's you it's, do that it's like i'll go first like i'm not even scared of this thing but like Really, like, fuck, I'm going to die. <laughs> I was going to ask about that because I've only hit a few backcountry jumps, and I was, I've been in a position where I'm new, and so I'm like, I can't be scared, and I hit it and, like, totally eat shit first go. Like, oh, with I, you, I We should I get seriously, that footage because yeah, I heard it's should. crazy. I, oh, yeah. That's I thought a good I, shot. I really thought I broke my neck. Like, oh, damn. <laughs> at first, like, when I was, like, falling to my head, I in. In my head, I was thinking, I'm about to break my neck oh, like in front that. of all these people, <laughs> first go. And it also psyched me out because um, while we were building the jump, Mia had asked Gabe to probe the landing. And he was like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. And so I'm like floating in the air to my head. And I'm like, Is I'm going to hit this. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> probably not fine. <laughs> and in the, in the video, actually, you see, I miss it by a foot. A little rock. Yeah, Damn. it was a rock. Yeah. So holy shit, that would have. You know, it's a bad yeah. bail when you got a few seconds in the air to be like, "This is going to be." Bad. Yeah, when you're <laughs> when you're talking to yourself in the air. <laughs> well, not only that, I had a full like eight seconds. It felt like as I was rolling down the hill after impact, just to be like, "Oh my god!" That <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> country sucks. <laughs> no, I was like, "God damn it!" All these people probably think I'm a clown. Ah, everybody's <laughs> ate shit. I got another gripe. I got a gripe. This is off topic, but it's kind of on topic. We're all over the place. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about these slope style courses. Like, you're looking at all these rails. Would it kill you to put a little panel in the middle of them, a little skirting oh, to protect the riders? True. They got these exposed rainbow rails where it's yeah. like a femur waiting to get yeah, broken. It's crazy. Like, is it that hard to go to the, the hardware store, get some three-quarter inch plywood, and throw it in between the rails? Like, Parks all have it. Yeah. 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 I think in competition. Do you ever guys ever... Get mad about that because I am. I'm I mean, at this, I, f I feel like at this point, we honestly don't notice, but it's definitely, we know it's all for show and like it would suck if anything were to happen. Like, I mean, Dutor one year had an insane setup. The rails were literally like 10 feet off the ground. And the last set of rails, there was like one that was straight and then two that were coming in at angles into it. And I think it was Marcus Cleveland yeah. that hit it. And I mean, I was down there when it happened. Like, I was on the chairlift. I didn't see it, but, like, the scream that I heard. But he got worked? He shattered his kneecap. It was, Oof. like, really That's bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I totally agree. I think we could definitely, it like, safe-proof these rails. It's gnarly. And I almost feel like they could take the rails right out, and it would still be <laughs> just as interesting. Because it's not like street rails, you but know dude, what I mean? But, dude, these guys are doing the Cab 270 McTwist stuff. The yeah. Rails. <laughs> it's a whole different sport. Like, yeah. Holy <laughs> shit, that was crazy. A nice backup of nine off the, the pole jam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. The thing is, it's like, you know, three-quarter inch ply, half-inch ply. Ten-foot rails? You know? I mean, what's going on out there? Yeah, if, if we could just, like, even, even like... Yeah. Uh, 
you know, even quarter inch ply yeah, would do something. it. I'm saying just get something in between there. Yeah. Did <laughs> you get I'd like to in talk there, to the you're go manufacturers down. about that. Totally. I think the gnarliest one I ever saw was at Mammoth. It was for a Grand Prix and it ended up getting canceled due to weather, thank God. But um one of the last rails before the first jump, it was a gap to up rail over an upstairs staircase. I mean, like, why? And you had to hit it really fast because there was, like, a gap at the end, too, so you had to, like, hit it like traditional pole jam. But, um, yeah. Like a pole jam Euro gap? It was so – it's so hard to explain. But, like, just imagine, like, ramp, staircase, black rail up the staircase. Yeah. To, yeah, like yeah. – it was, like, pole jam essentially landing. And a lot of people got worked on that. I mean, why put the stairs up, like, you know, it just – didn't work out and they get so gnarly and like we're talking to the builder like dude what are you doing he's like well this is this is a pro event so if you guys can't hit it then you probably shouldn't be here that's what he said <laughs> yeah that is the biggest hardo move yeah. that's the hardo kinda, sentence of the century right i there. kind of respected it at the time because i'm like you know what fair enough like that's that's some gnarly shit to say yeah, yeah. Some tough guy you know. shit yeah <laughs> Just full alpha male. <laughs> I'm sure inside, though, he was just tripping, like, I hope this works out. I hope this works out. Because if the shit doesn't work, it's kind of on them. So do you prefer filming with men or women? I actually haven't gotten to film with or women yet. Ri- maybe just riding. Oh, really? Oh, oh, just riding. Just riding in general. Riding in general. Uh, sometimes I like I like to ride with the girls when it's just cruising, for sure. Um, more like when I want to get something done and like when I want to learn something I definitely want to ride with the guys just because they're like I mean they're just so good at snowboarding and it's so hard to like you know I I want to be that good and I want to say that like we're almost there like we're almost as good as the guys we just need a little bit more style and a little bit more like hardness like the guys I don't know how else to explain it but I mean you guys are so gnarly. Literally just be at the top and be like, yeah, I'm just going to do this and drop in and do it and not even second think it. Like, that's a big issue for It a sounds l- like you do that too, though. Yeah. I've, oh, yeah only the certain <laughs> things. The wrong two guys here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, if you're sitting next to, like, Stale and Mark Mick, you could say that. Yeah. Maybe not me and Buds, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, no, guys in general. Like, I'm sure, I mean, you doing Switch McTwist, like, back in the day. Let's that's give an air horn to Switch Gnarly, Mick. yeah. Thank you. Of course. I mean that that stuff's so gnar and like that's that's what I need. I need to ride with dudes when I'm trying to like do some gnarly stuff for sure. As as far as the industry taking care of women, what where are we at with that and what do you think needs to happen? What are the necessary steps? Is it equal? What does it need to be equal? All that kind of stuff. I think right now at this moment in time, it's come a long way. And I think it still has a lot more to go. But um, so far, you know, we have companies that are supporting the older women that are, you know, having families, which is so cool. I think that's awesome. Kimmy is about to have another baby, which is so rad. And she's still on Burton. Um, And also, I think that there's a lot more, I want to say, revenue in women snowboarding right now. Like, girls are hot and they're good at snowboarding. Like, I rarely these days go on Instagram and watch a girl post a clip that I'm like, oh, that was kind of whack. Like, I'm like, dude, this chick is freaking good, and I never heard of her. And so I think it's really cool. I actually 
don't know when this will come out, but, you know, Jill Perkins is getting some good deals, and she definitely deserves it, which is really sick. Like, I mean, she works so hard, and I've known her for a couple years. Pretty much, like, she started snowboarding only two years before I met her, and now she's, like... Yeah, that's what's crazy, huh? Yeah, dude, she's so gnarly. <laughs> she got good fast. Seriously, and she works really hard, and her parts are sick. She does, like, really hard tricks, too, on gnarly stuff, which I think is something to be noted, and... Yeah, I think it's definitely in the right direction. What could change maybe is just giving women the avenue, like opening the doors for them. And without us having to constantly like nag at people to put us on grams or whatever, you know, just open whatever outlet that is for us. Cause more spots on the team. Totally. Maybe. Yeah. Be more inclusive on teams and stuff for sure. And I had a conversation with, um, a rep that's up here right now, and he's like, yep, just looking at girls now. Guy team full, don't care about them. Need chicks. I'm really? like, dude, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, so rad. 100%. I feel like also women, they buy, like, you know, they buy a lot of stuff too. Mm-hmm. And, so, you know, oh, especially yeah. the way it's changing now where, you know, you, you have all different types of women, you know, you have, ma- like, more masculine women, you have feminine women, and, like, the, the girly girls – that, that maybe it didn't feel like it was as accepted to be a girly girl snowboarder. Uh, and that seems like it's bringing in with Instagram a whole new genre. You see it in skate, you know, and you're yeah. seeing it coming from snowboarding. And that's like, that just seems like a boom right now to me. Totally. And I've heard you guys talk about it in your other, like, uh, podcasts with the other girls about this too. And I think it's more so stepping back and not seeing someone as a girly girl or as someone that's more like, a guy, you know, they mm-hmm. dress a little more tomboy. It's about inviting everyone in no matter what, you know, and I think that's well what said. needs to change for sure because yeah. there's, like, girly girls all over the place, but they'll, you know, they might not feel welcome because they do dress like girly girls, and I mm-hmm. think that's kind of the big the big deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Make them feel welcome and totally. make everybody feel welcome. Yeah, like, I don't give a, give a fuck if you show up on the – Hill and you're wearing a dress like just <laughs> just be cool and like we can ride it's that's, that's what's what, up yeah, yeah that's what it should be yeah that's beautiful that's well well stated the inclusivity and like sometimes it's yeah. like about inclusivity but not this group of people right yeah. like it's yeah. like there's it's always really like an asterisk there's an asterisk associated with inclusivity be it beliefs or whatever it is and and so it's like it's just blanket inclusivity that's that was well said totally well it's it's also being a competition snowboarder and traveling a lot I have met so many different girls that have so many different styles you know some of them are still wearing the super tight pants from like 012 Mm -hmm. like super tight pants and some of them are just like baggy never left snowboarding you know and I just like let's not even focus about that anymore because I've heard people say, you know, I don't want to see these girls in tight pants, like riding rails. I want to see like stees and like oversized tees. And what, what's the oversized stee going to do? Like same style, same person, just, you know, like let's, let's look past that. And I mean, I think that brands have been doing a really good job. Like I will say Burton has a really cool program where they do a Burton girls ride day where any girl can come ride for free. That day, I think, is what it is. Really? Yeah. When I was on Burton, I went to a few, and it was really cool. I met a lot of really cool girls, any any skill level, whatever, from any Everyone's age. Everyone's invited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really rad. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's killer. I love hearing that stuff. And it's it's also cool, like, you know, having a 
having like a significant other, like you, when you're younger, you're like, I, I don't want to ride with the girls, right? And as you get <laughs> older, you like, you want your significant other to be able to go snowboard on a pow day or something like that. That's that's awesome when that starts happening, you know? You're like, yeah, I want to I go with my girlfriend. I don't want to go with anybody else, you know? So that's kind of cool uh, from a dude's perspective where when you're younger, you're like, I don't want to date a girl that snowboards. <laughs> that, that was yeah. the, that's how I was when I was a kid. <laughs> Were you like that? Yeah. I was <laughs> like such an idiot. Like, yeah, so kind of funny. But you did say there was one trend you weren't particularly fond of. Yeah, the sweatpants. Yeah. Is that, yeah. I don't know. It's just me, you guys. Don't take it personally if you do. I just, it, I'm just hating because I can't pull it off. I wish. <laughs> Not a fan of the track pants. Well, I'm sure you could pull it off just fine. I don't know, man. I mean, I again, I maybe that's something I just need to look past. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so uh, what's what's next for Young Hales? Hopefully, this season we can figure out contest schedule or something. But on the forefront of what I want to do for this season is definitely film. That's my goal. Um, film, and then I have one qualifier this year for the Olympics before the official Olympic qualifier next year. So, hopefully, do that, and I hope. To do decent, so I don't have you to. You have one contest you got to do. Yeah. For the Olympics. Yeah, so they do like a pre-contest before the year of the actual qualifying for the Olympics, mm-hmm. um, and that contest helps out a lot. So if I can do good there, then I won't have to work as hard. Um, if you don't do good, though, you still have a chance. Yeah, I still have That's a chance. Cool. It'll just be hard, like especially now because the U.S. team has so many girls on the team. Mm. Um, before when I was when I first qualified, I qualified third, and it wasn't really that hard because we didn't have that many girls on the team um but this year we have a lot of younger up-and-comers which is so weird to say for me because I'm only 20 but they're all so (laughs) much younger than me and I'm just like ah shit I'm like that old lady just hogging up the (laughs) spot (laughs) you're you're, you're barking up the wrong tree yeah hogging the spot at 20 what I was wondering is you go by the nickname young Hales right Mm -hmm. at what point I mean, you know, this a lot, is a question a lot, we a could of, ask a lot of rappers. Oh, oh yeah, too, a lot right? of times yeah. like, you look you look at a young Jeezy, right? Right. And so at one point, he's now he's just Jeezy. Yeah, is he just Jeezy? yeah, he's just Jeezy. That's oh, okay. his thing. So, so, at what point do you drop the young Hales and just go Hales? Honestly, I did drop the young oh, on my drop. on my 20th birthday. We're I need I to did it to my... your Wikipedia last night. It still <laughs> says young Hales. Are, are, are you running it? Maybe yeah, you might want to. <laughs> I'll, I'll go on there and start <laughs> okay. running it for you. We'll get it updated. Thanks. I would appreciate that. Yeah, no. As soon as I was out of the the teens, I I, I said it to myself in confidence. I was like, yeah, maybe it's time to let at go. 20. Yeah, yeah, at 20. I, I'll tell you, for me, it, to me, the age would be like 27. Yeah, I would have went like 32. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah, so. Oh, you know how just it goes. Just to keep people guessing, you Everyone know? wants to be older when they're younger. Yes. And then, like, when you're old, you're like, this sucks. But, yeah, back to, like, <laughs> that <you're> random. <laughs> Buds, can you vouch for <laughs> that? What do you mean? I never said <laughs> say this sucks. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It doesn't suck, though. <laughs> Everyone's going to get there. I'm just referring to that rando DM that I got oh, the other on my birthday. Like, oh, enjoy 20, but, you know, once once you pass that one, it's just downhill from there. It's true. I would have said that's 21, not true. though. A uh, couple, couple things. Uh, rental car. Oh, true. Yeah. I'm waiting for yeah, that. You can't even rent thing. a rental car yet. <laughs> a rental, isn't it get cheaper at 25 or 27? You can't even yeah. rent them until 20-something. You, you can, but for, like, Oh, $700 more uh, or something, yeah. yeah. Also, also, something people forget. When you get really fucking old, 
you can say whatever you want yeah, and people don't care. Yeah. Like you can just say anything. They're like, oh, that guy's, that guy's fucking old. It's all right. Just don't, don't worry about it. You know, he's, he's losing it. He's losing it. I'm <laughs> looking. You also just learn a lot over the years, you know, yeah. totally. just knowledge. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That think, kids don't listen to you when you say it to them. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why I'm like really putting into the old lady vibe is I did an interview a few months ago and the guy was like, so, you know, you've been around for a while. So not going to lie. And he's like, you're kind of like one of the veterans. And I'm like looking at the girls who are actually veterans on like competing status. Yeah. They're like 30. I'm like, dude, I'm nowhere near that age. Like I'm not old. Yeah, I'm not, not a, a veteran. Vet. But I mean, now I'm just kind of like, well, take it. Because all these new girls are coming over like 15. Like the are same they, age I was when like I was 15. coming up. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of like. Did you learn your shit to airbags? Is that the new generation? They all land. Or did you take it to snow? Uh, no, I've, I was a take it to snow person oh, for wow. sure. Oh, wow. Let's give an yeah. air horn to that. Thanks. But the kids are going to airbags now? Yeah. And I mean, I've tried it out, but nothing that I've ever done on an airbag, I haven't already done on snow. Ah, so okay. it's kind of just like, you know, whatever. But yeah, a lot of the kids coming up now, I mean, everyone's like got one in their backyard. They're They like, get their own airbag. I mean, it seems as yeah. if, but wow. no, they, I mean, they just have access to like yeah. some of the best, like well, all summer they're chucking into airbags. Yeah. Uh, yeah all summer when I'm figured out for them. Yeah. All summer when I'm like laying out by the pool, getting served drinks, I shouldn't be getting served. You know, I'm like <laughs> looking on Instagram, these kid, these freaking young girls are doing like back double twelves on the airbag. And I'm like, oh shit. Like I'm on, I'm on vacay mode right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that kid Valentino's dad has a full airbag set up for him on, on their property. I've heard, yeah. yeah I've, I've seen heard footage in his of it. backyard or in something his backyard, like that. Like yeah. this crazy setup. Yeah. I heard he I heard him say like some crazy quote and everyone that knows the quote likes to talk about it, but I heard him say essentially that like now he's going to have tricks that even no kid in Slope Cell will ever have. Oh, really? Yeah, heavy from, claim. Bold from statement. Yeah, very. He is pretty good for his age, though. He is He yeah. is definitely talented. I mean, that's like all the young kids now. Yeah, they're, they're all just, just insane. Like, huh? Yeah, I mean, but I mean. If, if it's, it's all numbers game, right? You do, yeah. you do 100 back 10s a summer into an airbag. You're, you're going to get like, your grabs better. and Yeah. So, Bud's has an airbag experience recently. Really? <laughs> when I totaled my car. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I've, I've oh, been no. on the airbag for sure. <laughs> Every airbag in my car went off. Did you get whiplash? Uh, I did, but we get the airbag whip, we was We get whiplash soft, too, though. yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was harsh. No, the airbags in those new Subarus are soft. Oh, that's I nice. just got more whiplash from the seatbelt and the actual whiplash. Did you, you get know? hit from behind? Uh, I got hit from like every side pretty much. <laughs> Didn't you say they're soft like pillows? Though? Yeah, they're soft like silk pillows almost. The, oh, the that's Subarus. nice. Yeah, lifesaver. That's good, but, uh, yeah. I got hit from like three sides all at once pretty much. Did you come out saying, oh, my, my, my back and my neck? I should like, have. Yeah. <laughs> I got pulled out of the car by some lady actually. Get that money, you still. I'm just like, no. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. I was just making sure I wasn't going to get arrested or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I was all right. <laughs> The cop was cool. That's so good. where can people find you on the gram and all that stuff? Um, yeah, just search up Haley Langland, my name. I'll be right there. Not Young Hales. Not YoungHales.com. No, just Hales. But Twitter is actually still Young Hales, but I haven't touched it in years, so yeah. not a lot of activity on that. But, yeah. All right. Well, you on TikTok with all the other kids or no? No, I'm not on TikTok. It's so funny because all my friends are on TikTok. They're all and about like, it. Huh? They're about it, but I – 
just Instagram is already too much. Yeah, it's and too I'm much like, to handle, I'm right? like, please, not another one. But That's what I'm saying. It is pretty funny to see some of the videos that come up. Like, yeah, some, some of them are hilarious. Shit. Yeah. I'd like to see Buds on the TikTok doing the dances. I was just about to I've say. i on there. I could totally see you doing the TikTok, <laughs> like. I was on there <laughs> once with one of my uh, nieces or something, put, made us all dance and put some videos up. Nice. It was fun, too. It was a good time. That's awesome. But I don't have my own TikTok. Yeah. I'm not down. It's too much. I mean, just having a gram is too much, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I yeah. might have to get like a bomb hole TikTok. Yeah, yeah, we should strictly film buds dancing. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we did it, guys. I think it's been a great episode. Uh, Hales, you got anyone you want to thank? Um, just my parents. Shout out to my mom, Michelle, and my dad, Jeff. They're awesome. Little brother, Seth, and. Yeah, all my sponsors. Uh, I'm really stoked with where I'm at in snowboarding, and I'm looking forward to the near and distant future. Hopefully, it's not too short. You'll be an old head before you know it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right? That's what I say. I'm like, hopefully I'm, not, hopefully, I'm not like retired in the next 10 years. Yeah, it really will go by that fast either way, whether it's yeah. 10 or 20 or whatever. It'll be a blink of an eye. Props to your dad, though, man. He sounds like a really cool dude. He is like my best friend. Yeah. yeah sounds like a G. We'll have to get him. Meet him someday. Sounds like a good person. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Jeff, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. We got, we we got prints available that. of Hales, not Young Hales, at uh, bombhole.com, and we will <laughs> see you guys next week. We really appreciate you guys listening, watching, over and out from the bombhole. We really enjoyed that one. I hope you guys do, too. I think Haley is such a badass such an inspirational human. It makes me feel like the future of snowboarding is in really good hands. Now, I just want to say thank you guys for continuing to support the podcast, sharing it on Instagram, sending it to friends. Now, if you want to do more to support, you can buy merch on bombhole.com. We got signed Haley prints. We got brand new Hannah Eddy t-shirts designed by the one and only Hannah Eddy. If you want to do us a huge favor, write a review on Apple Podcasts. We are told that helps us out a lot. And lastly, we always have our Patreon. It's a cool way to support what we do. You get kind of insider trading info on what's going on with the podcast and behind the scenes. You also get some exclusive videos only available to Patreon members. Now me and Stony Buds, hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We appreciate you guys listening. You guys rule. We'll see you next Wednesday.